What's up, everybody? It's your boy Carson on the Benchwarmers and Waterboys podcast. We are all back, all five: Thatcher, Daniel, me, John, and Charlie. Who looks like he's enjoying you. dinner. So, Charlie, what are you having for dinner right now? It is good. It's chicken. Right now, I'm eating a little salad. Oh, eating a little salad. Did you get any chicken off of that rotisserie that you were having problems with? I had like three pieces. Yeah. Oh, yummy! <laughs> like three little bites. Yum, yum, That's yum, what yum, I like yum. to hear. Well, we've already gone into the news and notes and everything for this week, so. We're just ready to get started. We're going to throw a couple new segments at y'all. We're going to do Panic Room, and we're going to talk about going nuclear. So um, let's get started. We're going to go through about 10 names on whether or not you should be panicking on these players. Okay, so basically whether or not are you worried about these players for the rest of the season. Let's get started. Lamar Jackson, are we going to panic over – this no. most recent game. No, no, no. That's the correct answer. He's Lamar Jackson. He's an MVP. He's going to put up a ton of fantasy points. Next, AJ Green. Does anybody have anything to say about AJ Green other than me? I'm not panicking right now because he is getting the targets. He's getting the targets. They're just, just not, they're connecting. Just not connecting quite yet. It's a rookie quarterback. Are, yeah. are you panicking? So I am not panicking. Like I said in the last episode, you drafted him to be your third, fourth, or fifth wide receiver. So really, he's not underperforming. Uh, if anything, I think he only has room to overperform. So, uh, with that being said, I'm not panicking. He has the targets. He just needs to build chemistry with his rookie quarterback. Um, next person, T.Y. Hilton. Um, I personally am slightly worried, but as of – I'm panicking a little bit. For right now, I am not panicking. For season long, I'm panicking a little bit, and this is why. Uh, he's the only healthy receiver on the team right now of note. Pittman is out indefinitely for surgery, and um, – Who's the other one? Paris Campbell is also out. Paris um, Campbell is uh, is also out indefinitely. So uh, <laughs> T.Y. Hilton is pretty much the only option. So I think he is going to be forced to be the decent. mega IR. Um, <laughs> when other players start coming back, I am a little worried because uh, he just doesn't seem like he's super involved yet. But for now, I think you're fine. Um, Mark Ingram. Uh, John, how do you feel about Mark Ingram? Are you panicking? Oh, he makes me sad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We were just talking about how bad I am at everything football before this. So I'm, <laughs> I'm still haven't recovered, if I'm being honest. But, Are you uh, crying? Yeah, <laughs> you want to hear a little backstory yeah, about Mark Ingram really quick? Jeez. John traded me him no, last No, I don't want to hear this again. John traded me him We've last year. We've talked about this so many nothing. times. The first week I get him, he drops 30 points, and the rest of the year he's, he's productive. I started him every game. This offseason, I traded him back to John for Odell. Like, Odell's <laughs> no good, but – Mark Ingram is just falling. He's he dropped like a, it. He dropped a two point nine, a fifteen, and a three. <laughs> I've played him the two and the three. <laughs> I set him the fifteen. So, uh, I'm, we'll not, say, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not panicking. I just think you have to understand the situation. Can afford um, to panic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been panicking a long time. <laughs> But on Mark Ingram specifically, um, I'm not panicking. I'm just understanding the situation. I mean, uh, Dobbins is getting receiving yards. They're also – they're not really using him. Um, they're time. using like a three-back system right now. Yeah, yeah even it's, Gus it's Edwards really is weird. Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards is getting is more looking, touches Gus than Edwards he has in a long time. After not looking good for like the last three or four years. So I'm not panicking yet. I think they're just kind of getting themselves sorted out. Um I don't know if I'm playing him because of that uncertainty, but I'm not panicking yet. Okay, so I want to say something very briefly on Mark Ingram. I am panicking. 
Ooh, and that's just panic. because he's only had double-digit carries once, and he's not really getting the valuable rushing attempts. Um, and he's also, I mean, week one, 2.9 yards a carry. Week two really went uh, skyrocketed, 6.1. And then uh, this, last, this last week was okay at 4.3. He fell into the end zone uh, against Houston, but he only had nine attempts. Uh, so he, you really have to – he's touchdown dependent, and I don't like that in a player. I don't like a player that you have to rely on touchdowns. So um, if you can trade him, I would personally, but I am panicking on Mark Ingram. <laughs> Thank John, God I did this <laughs> Cam Akers, are we panicking? Daniel, are you panicking on Cam Akers? I am nervous for people that drafted him and hoping to play him this year. Like in Dynasty, he's obviously a great stash, but Daryl Henderson is legit. And Mm -hmm. I think they're going to utilize him at a heavy rate this year. So I think I I would be panicking if I expected to play Cam Akers this season because I don't think you're going to get much valuable production this year. Yeah. So I am – I am not panicking too much. Now, if you drafted him to be a top two or three running back, then yes, you need to panic um, because he is going to be in a running back by committee. But I expected this. I didn't draft Cam Akers, but I did spend about 25% of my fab in one of my leagues to pick him up off of the waiver wire to just sit. He is like my number six running back, and so I have the room to be able to wait for him. But I think that he is the best running back on the team. Time will tell. Um Daryl Henderson, the problem now is that Daryl Henderson is doing very, very uh, well. And so it may be hard for Cam Akers to come back and become the lead guy. But in week one, as a rookie, he did have 14 carries. Um, so, so Malcolm Brown in week one was phenomenal. So it's he like, was. is he even number two when he comes back? You know, that's a good question. I just think that talent will eventually prevail. I think that uh, if you can afford to hold and wait and see, then I think you should. Because right. I think his ceiling is high, but the problem is that his floor is very low. So I am not super panicking. If you drafted him to be a starter, then yeah, you should be panicking and you should be looking for other options. Um, David Johnson, Daniel, are you panicking? Yeah, so I have him on my fantasy team and I have kept him around specifically because I think he's an X factor. I think I want to keep him around because there are games where I think he's going to explode, but I think overall he's not going to have the greatest year. And that's just because that's kind of where we're at with David Johnson now. He's getting older. He's, he's getting a heavy offense. Like he's getting utilized heavily in that offense, but like it's just he's getting older, and I don't think that he's necessarily the same player that he was. I don't think there's any reason to panic if you, like me, were not necessarily expecting him to be a go-to, like probably your second running back on the team. He's deeper on my team than that, so I'm okay. Yeah, um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I went into this season expecting David Johnson to have a ton of carries. I mean, I expect him to have – Uh, close to 270 to 300 touches total, including uh, targets. Um, But uh, I also recognize the Texans were not going to be as good on offense as they were last year because we're missing a number one wide receiver uh, in DeAndre Hopkins. And so, uh, and plus Deshaun Watson usually doesn't throw the ball to the running back as often as uh, some other guys in the NFL. And so um, David Johnson to me is very matchup dependent. Um, He's not the person he was a few years ago, but I don't think he's as bad as people think he is. I think he's um, probably one of the best running backs that we've had since Arian Foster. And so uh, I think that he's going to be good for you in um, game po- in, uh, in game script positive matchups. Like the Vikings, I think um, he could be a, a pretty good play. Um, hint, hint, we'll talk about him later. Mm. Um, but I'm not paying too much. offensive player against the Vikings is going to be good. Yeah, that's fair. All I'm saying is that uh, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a game that's going to be relatively close – uh, with not the best rushing defense, David Johnson is going to be fine. Three to so you two just game. Need to adjust your expectations. Be great. Um, Todd Gurley, who is is anybody panicking? I'm actually panicking a little bit. 
Yeah, I did right not like you. Todd Gurley last year. His yards per carry was not efficient. Like he kind of looked like a Le'Veon Bell when, like for the Jets last year. Like just not very efficient, not very explosive. Yeah, that's what I don't see from Gurley anymore. He's not explosive. Right. He doesn't have that quick first step. Game. He doesn't get targets in the passing game that's at the all. Biggest in the problem. Atlanta offense, they throw the ball, so that almost doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I think well, if I you guys Todd Gurley, it's a little worrisome because you probably have him as one of your top running backs. And he's not living up yeah. to the expectation. If you can still trade on the name, you probably should. Right, name value there. Yeah, exactly. So you wouldn't put him in a flex spot at all. No, he. I think it's matchup dependent. I think a flex spot would work. I think the the unfortunate thing is most people would have to play him as their RB two. Yeah, and that's not you drafted good. him probably in the second or third round. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on. Kenyon Drake. Um, I am. So is Defcon ten or one the high the bad one? I could not tell you. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so if <laughs> let's say DEFCON 10 <laughs> is the worst. I would say I'm probably like DEFCON 2, so I am barely worried. Um, and, and the reason why is because uh, – the reason I'm not worried is because he's still getting 16, uh, 20, 18 carries, which is mouthwatering. It's great. It's what you expect from uh, a starting uh, workhorse running back. The problem is he's not being involved in the pass game whatsoever. It's yeah. Chase Edmonds. Uh, and, you know, DeAndre Hopkins with the new addition. So um, you were expecting him to have a ton of targets. It doesn't look like he's getting them, at least so far in this season. So that worries me a little bit, um, but he is getting a ton of targets, and he's only fallen into the end zone once so far this season. Yeah. So um, I think he's a great running back too, but I don't think he's going to be that uh, crazy superstar potential top five running back that yeah. you thought you might have been drafting. Right, uh, in end the of last season of was not round. what you're getting this year. Yeah, that's probably true. And I, and I kind of hinted at that before the season started. He's just, you know, whenever you see a running back that has lived his entire career with not as much of a workload coming into being a, a workhorse like Lamar Miller, their efficiency might drop. Um, so let's move on. Joe Mixon. Um, is anybody panicking? I know that well, We were I, talking earlier about this, and the only thing that concerns me is like Kenyon Drake, he gets a ton of touches on the running game, which is great. Mm-hmm. He's not being super efficient yet. But I think Joe Murrow, Joe Burrow doesn't really like to pass as much to him. And he is, he's looking at a lot of different passing options in their game. And, like, he's not necessarily just targeting one person. And I don't think that Joe Mixon is necessarily going to get a whole lot of production there. So you have to hope that the running game kind of tightens up and he's able to get a little bit more yards per carry and a couple more end zone, red zone touches. But Yeah, so Mixon is top five in the league in carries at 19, 16, and 17 through three weeks. Um, so that's mouthwatering. The problem is that his yards per carry is very low. And he has, uh, I think he only has about nine targets on the season, whereas Giovanni Bernard has nine or has 15. So it's surprising that Giovanni Bernard is out targeting um, Joe Mixon, because I yeah. think that we all know that Joe Mixon is the better running back. Um, he's very well-rounded and he's great in the air and, uh, you know, even better on the ground. So I think last year, the same thing happened. He started off really slow. Um, but he, they found a way to get him, uh, you know, up and going at the second half of the year. So I think that that will happen. Hopefully for me, it happens sooner rather than later because I'm really struggling in Dynasty right now. Um, but, you know, all you can ask for is this many carries and he's exceeding. So, you know, he's top five in carries. So <laughs> maybe adjust this your expectations uh, just a little bit moving forward until he really shows you. But, um, you know, even if you saw somebody like Miles Gaskin, who this is actually happening, you know, you look at any running back, even if they're not talented, getting this many carries, and you're going to add them to your fantasy team. So it's just a matter of adjusting your expectations. So uh, let's move on. Chris Carson, Charlie, are you panicking? I mean, not because of the injury, but because of the way Seattle's offense. I'm a little surprised because the last couple of years they've been run first, 
Um, just great offensive line. They just kind of pound the rock all game long and kind of beat you that way. But this year, Russell Wilson is just ridiculous. Oh, cooking Another level. They haven't had a rushing touchdown yet this year. Chris Carson does have three touchdowns all through the air, which is good because he's not someone you would really expect to be that all that involved in the passing game. He does get like three or four catches a game. Um, but they're not running the ball nearly as much as they did last year, especially in the red zone. Um, and they actually don't even like get to the red zone that often because Russell Wilson just bombing it to DK half the game. <laughs> um, and so I'm a little worried. Um, but yeah, not like not because of his injury, just because of the way Seattle's offense is this year. Very pass heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say I, I'm right there with you. I feel the exact same way. I'm not panicking uh, a ton, but uh, you know, there is a little uh, concern for a little or cause. Concern for cause. Words are hard. Um, a little concern. <laughs> little concern for cause. A little concern maybe, cause. Maybe concern. <laughs> Daniel, are you panicking over DJ emphasis. Moore? <laughs> DJ Moore, absolutely not. I, I think if you had Robbie Anderson right now, you're just like living on hype and he's just playing out of his mind. But I think you're going to see regression from Robbie Anderson and I think DJ Moore is going to start to pick up. He is still getting a really good amount of targets. He's still on pace for uh, 1,200 yards, I think, on the season. Um, he hasn't produced quite what you'd like from a fantasy perspective. Just a touchdown problem. <laughs> but, yeah, he hasn't got a touchdown yet, and I think things are going to pick up. He'll get, he'll continue to get the same number of targets. He's going to continue to develop a chemistry with Teddy Bridgewater. Right? This is a brand-new quarterback, right? We expected this at least a little bit. Don't panic on DJ Moore. Yeah. Honestly, I, I see DJ Moore as a baby Julio, which is actually the guy we're going to talk about next. Julio is oh, a guy yeah. that you can bet is going to have, you know, 12, 13, 1,400 yards. But – you know, might not even get to eight touchdowns on the season. So maybe that's what you you can expect for DJ Moore this season, but we all know that he can do it. So I definitely expect yeah. him to turn around too. Um, Daniel, are you worried about Julio? You know, only a little bit. And it's only because Calvin Ridley is playing out of his mind. Like he is a superstar right now. And so it's not so much that I'm like worried about Julio. Julio is going to be super consistent when he comes back. But I think maybe even more of the touchdowns are going to be maybe heading towards Calvin Ridley instead of Julio, who seems to always somehow miss out on touchdown passes. I don't get how. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just kind of a bummer. And Julio is starting to age. So I think it's just kind of like now that Calvin Ridley's exploding onto the scene, maybe Julio's going to start to slowly see that downtick. And so that's kind of sad to see. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. And it might be. They'll have this a great year, year from we'll a fantasy see. perspective this year. But I think, especially from a dynasty perspective, Julio's going to start to taper. Yeah, and Calvin Ridley is hot on his heels right now. So, so hot. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, Evan Ingram is the last name we'll talk about in the panic room. Um, I, I have something to say, but, John, I want to hear, are you I, panicking? I'm panicking on Evan Ingram. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm panicking on all Giants fronts. Um, just because they don't have a run game. Uh, Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, they're just not really cutting it. Freeman, not really cutting it. Um, now you don't have to load the box against Saquon. You can play it back. You can guard the guard the throw against Daniel Jones. Um, they're kind of stricken with injuries as well, but Evan Ingram's just not really cutting it fantasy-wise. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm panicking. If I drafted him as my tight end, I'm panicking and looking elsewhere. Okay, so I – I am not panicking, at least not yet. And let me explain why. I think that Evan Ingram is one of the top uh, talents in the league at the tight end position. He just has a problem staying healthy. Um, stop making these faces at me. I can see all over here distracting me like you disagree. 
But yeah. hear me, hear me out. Evan Ingram is a very, very talented guy. I give you a fourth um, rounder. What? I give you a fourth rounder. Shit, get out of here! <laughs> You've already been trying to lowball me with Dalton Schultz. <laughs> I said get out of here. Today. I know you did. Okay, but here, here here's the thing. Uh, they've played Pittsburgh, Chicago, and San Francisco. All three of those are excellent defenses. The worst defense out of those right now for pass catchers is Chicago. Okay, and even against Chicago, I mean, against Chicago, which was his best matchup so far in the season, he had six receptions for 65 yards. He's ninth in the league in targets for tight ends at 20 targets so far in the season. Um, against Pittsburgh, he caught two of seven uh, balls. He caught six of eight against Chicago and three of five against San Francisco. Um, I think that he's going to have a lot better matchups moving forward. In fact, there's only like two or three defenses I'm actually worried about. So as long as Evan Ingram stays healthy, not to mention Sterling Shepard is <laughs> not playing right now. He is hurt. And is so Sterling, I'm not sure if he's IR'd, but he is hurt right now. So. Yeah. And so he is not playing. And Golden Tate has been a little iffy on his health. So really the only other healthy option, uh, Saquon's gone. So it's really Sterling just Darius Slayton. IR. Yeah, Sterling Shepard's on IR. Can you check on Golden Tate, too, what his injury status looks like and vet him for me? But really, right now, the only healthy people on the team are Evan Ingram and Darius Slayton. And Darius Slayton is the deep threat. So Evan Ingram has the middle, the short, the middle, or the middle of the field, uh, as well as uh, middling routes, um, you know, mid-depth, as well as short, short range. And so um, I expect a, a big boom from Evan Ingram I think he's going to bounce back in a strong way as long as he can stay healthy especially with juicy matchups like Dallas Washington Philadelphia all lined up he plays the Rams so I'll be interested to see how he does against the Rams linebackers but nonetheless he is a mismatch Um, DBs can't guard him because they're not big enough and linebackers are not fast enough so uh, I expect that this game could potentially be higher scoring so uh, we will see I think Evan Ingram has to be involved uh, if he can't produce within these next two or three weeks, then I will start to panic. So if you can afford to hold on, then I would. Um, but Just as of right now. now, I'm not panicking. Do so let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> going nuclear. So basically what we're going to talk about is these players are, we're either expecting them to really blow up uh, and, and do better than they've done so far, or um, we're just going to talk about uh, how they've blown up so far and whether or not we expect to keep going. So the first one I want to talk about is we're going to talk about Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, and David Montgomery all playing for the Bears with the change to Nick Foles. Thatcher, I'm going to let you go first because you're the resident Bears fan. Ooh, yeah. Do you expect mm. their production to skyrocket, stay the same, or regress with Nick Foles? So with Nick Foles, I saw a connection with Anthony Miller. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be definitely more involved and more targeted. Um, Allen Robinson – uh, definitely, he's probably going to still stay the wide receiver one. But I think Trubisky overall this time, he was, like, just looking for Allen Robinson. If Allen Robinson was open, he'd throw it to him. And then he, if he wasn't open, he'd throw it to the other team. But, I mean, I don't know. But And then David Montgomery, he's definitely going to get a lot of touches because Tariq so. And, I mean, overall, I think a lot of these guys are going to be very productive. So, I mean, I have a good feeling about it. So Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody else have anything to say about those three options? No, yeah. I mean, I I feel like they're doing well, and I think they'll do better. Uh, David Montgomery, I don't think will be increased because of the quarterback change. I think he'll a little bit increase touches because of Cohen's injury. Yeah, totally. I think Allen Robinson and Miller will definitely do better because of a better quarterback, in my opinion. 
behind yeah, center. I, so. I think it's a slight uptick. I don't see a huge change. Yeah. Nick Foles, when think he took over last from where year they're in at? Jacksonville, like, he didn't perform very well. In fact, they ended up going back to Gardner Minshew. I love the stash, by the way. But I just think Nick Foles has moments. Like, he shows flashes of promise, which keeps him in the starting lineup. And obviously, I think he's better than mm. – like Trubisky, but I don't think he's really that great of a quarterback. I think he's still pretty mediocre. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Yeah, I and think your biggest mediocre. Go on, Thatcher. I was gonna say like also like Trubisky uses legs a lot. I can't. I don't see Nick using his legs, so he's definitely. No, gonna, he doesn't even have legs. It's a pocket yeah. quarterback. Yeah. He's definitely gonna like look for both of these guys on the field, and he'll make good decisions. Too. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm kind of right there with John on the idea of David Montgomery. I think the biggest uptick is going to be on third down just because Tariq Cohen is gone, not necessarily a change in quarterback. Allen Robinson, if anything, I think he's just going to get better targets, so I think he might be more efficient in his catch rate. Um, and then I think the biggest uptick is going to be in Anthony Miller. Now, uh, like Thatcher said, Mitch Trubisky was basically Allen Robinson or bust. Um, he would either run, hand it to David Montgomery, or uh, throw it, throw a garbage pass to Allen Robinson. He never really involved Anthony Miller as much as I wanted to see. Anthony Miller is a very good wide receiver, and because Nick Foles can't run, he's going to be forced to spread the ball around. And so I think the biggest uptick is going to be to Anthony Miller. We even saw Anthony Miller had two receiving touchdowns from Nick Foles. Yeah, that was, so, that was crazy. That's very exciting. Um, I've always been a big fan of Anthony Miller, so uh, we'll see if what I think comes true. Um, Allen Lazard. The man absolutely blew up this last week. Do we expect uh, uh, this going forward? No. I mean, not a blow up like that. I mean, obviously, Devontae Adams, when he's back, is going to be their go-to. But, like, I think Alan Lazard is really stepping onto the scene. He's got a great build. Uh, he's a tough matchup for, for defenders. So, I think he's going to continue to be a good option for them, which is great because they didn't draft receivers. So, they really needed somebody to step up. Yeah, I think that uh, he's he's going to be relatively touchdown dependent. Uh, when Devontae was there, he only had four and five targets, and then when he was gone, he had eight for 146 yards and a touchdown. Oh, boy. So he's also clearly, playing the Saints who don't have that good of a secondary. That is fair. Um, I will say they are playing Atlanta, so I think he's a good start. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to be talking about him yeah. in our starts and sets. Uh-huh. Um, uh, we'll see. Oh, hint, a- hint. But, um, yeah, Alan Lazard, he's a good wide receiver, too. But keep in mind, uh, you know, you can't expect this kind of a week from him going forward while Devontae is uh, back in the lineup. So, uh, But he, he's definitely much better now than he was last year. Okay, James Robinson. If you don't know who that is, he is an undrafted running back that is now the starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars and has been tearing it up. I think he's, like, number three overall in running backs um, uh, overall. So what do y'all think of, of, of James Robinson? Uh, I mean, I think he's playing really well. And I think if you have him, you capitalize on it. But I don't know. Well, I mean, they're playing the Bengals this week. So I'd see it going forward another week. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it's going to keep continuing. I mean, looking at what he's gotten so far, it's a 10, a 21, and then a 30. So I, it's not it's definitely not going higher. <laughs> But I think it may draw – I think it's dropping back down. But I think he'll be solid. But there's no way it's going to keep going up. Yeah, I think the same thing. I mean, if, if Gardner Minshew uh, is struggling like he was against Miami, I think they're definitely going to go straight to him, to James Robinson. But other than that, I mean, he's not going to go any higher than 30 points against the Dolphins. So. All right, so this is what I want you all to imagine, okay? You are sitting in Houston, Texas, and NASA – mission control and you hear 
okay, we're ready to start the countdown sequence. And then you get to three and you hear ignition. Boom. Okay. The freaking engines light up, uh, fire, smoke, all of it. I'm talking, James Robinson is going absolutely nuclear right now. And let me tell you why. 16 carries, 16 carries, and then 11 carries. But here's the deal. The reason he only had 11 carries in week three was because they were playing Miami, who was out ahead early and often, and they had to come back. But guess who was involved in the passing game? James Robinson had six targets and caught six balls for 83 yards, okay? So he is a 30-down workhorse for this team, okay? I want he's, He is exactly what you look for in a running back. He's getting 15-plus carries, and he's being involved in the passing game. You can't ask for much more from a guy that you probably picked up off of waivers whose name you didn't even know until last week, okay? You might have not even known what team he played on, and now he is potentially – a starter for the rest of the year. Now you're not going to start him over some of these main guys that you drafted in the top rounds, but he is a weekly flex. I mean, he is, it seems like he's game script proof. Um, he's in the passing game. He's in the running game. So James Robinson is going nuclear. You need to keep him on your roster. Yeah. I'm kind of with you there. I think for where you landed James Robinson, like he's just going to continue to deliver. And I think at the flex spot, you're going to get great production. I think, yeah, he's a great pickup. <clears throat> Love it. Yep, Carson passed the hype check. So <laughs> Yeah, this dude is going crazy. All right, let's talk about Nick Chubb. Um, are we – how do we I feel about Nick Chubb? <laughs> yeah, I definitely skipped a couple, but that's because people are playing around and I don't know what's going on. Uh, so Nick Chubb, how do, <laughs> how do we feel about Nick Chubb? Uh, he, he kind of blew up the last couple of weeks, but he was really bad week one. I don't um, like him. I already talked about him. Yeah, we, we discussed this last time. I mean, he's not, I don't think he's going to be involved in the passing game as much as Kareem Hunt, but, I mean, he's still a solid. Chubb gets a touchdown, like, every week. The Browns playing out of his the ball mind. They're only running the ball. I have him going nuclear. He's playing I out have him going the nuclear. They're keep they run the ball. I don't know. They're just going to keep feeding it to him or throwing it to Kareem. That they is don't their throw game plan. to their wide receivers. They don't. They try to, and it doesn't work, so they run it. Or Correct. Throw it so they run it, or they throw it to Kareem. That is their game plan. Trust that me, I've watched more Brown games after getting Odell, and it's just been brutal watching. It's just hard to watch. It's just like – it's really not that hard to get Odell. Have him run a quick slant. That's an easy seven to ten yards every play. But no, they try to get fancy with play action, send him on double moves. He's double like it's just and Baker isn't that accurate. So I don't know why they try going deep all the time to him when he, he's just as effective in the short passing so game. Nick Chubb. Who do y'all put on the goal line? Nick Chubb is going Nick, Nick Chubb, dude. Nick Chubb is Nick good. Chubb. You're Nick feeding Chubb? Nick Chubb on the goal line. Yes, no, I, I feel like Kareem Hunt's more reliable on the goal line. I don't know. That's just me. I would feed Nick Chubb on the goal line. He's massive. Um, so here's, here's my take. We've already talked about this before. Um, you can script Nick Chubb out of a game. You can't for Kareem Hunt. Um, so Kareem Hunt is always going to be on the field regardless of the situation. Nick Chubb will not be. So if they're behind, which a lot of us predict the Browns will be going forward, Nick Chubb is going to be out, is not going to be on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you need to trade high while you can. Nick Chubb is a very, very, very talented running back. The problem is that he is not their third down running back, and they're going to be in a lot of form. comeback situations. So, um, And he's not even the best goal line back on the team. Last year he only had three rushing touchdowns. Uh, Kareem Hunt – uh, has proven in his career that he can do it. Uh, plus, he can catch the football, uh, and you need that um, reliability. Did you see that one-hand catch that he had the other day? 
That was crazy. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it was very impressive. He's the number uh, five running back in the league right now. But that's on, on two game script positive uh, games so far. Right. The last two were, like, against Cincinnati and Washington, two of the worst teams. When he played Baltimore, a good team, he was awful. And I think yeah. that's they, what's going to happen. There are weeks coming up. They've team. got Dallas and Indianapolis. Yeah, you so Dallas. Really solid. Dallas going to have a pretty incredible good game. games coming up. He I don't know about last that. Year, though. What running back was he last yeah. year? He was top ten. He was. The, the point is, is that he is very he, – he's going to fluctuate. Okay, he's going to have blow-up games like he he's has He's going to be a number two running back all year. I'm not saying he's a bad running back. He's still uh, a talented running he's back. he's a bad running back. I think that people are, like, overestimating him a little bit. No, I'm saying he's good, but he like sucks and he's terrible. <laughs> all, I'm saying, all I'm saying is very that clear. he's not a guy that you can depend on weekly to get you 15 You're not points. a guy that we can depend on. I'm, <laughs> on Nick Chubb. I'm just a know what it is to have a guy you can depend on. <laughs> I can't wait. Nick yes. Chubb is going to be one of the people that we talk about at the end of the year. And, and I'm ready keep for it. Like, wait, wait you can depend back. on some of your players? Yeah, wait. You guys can depend <laughs> on fantasy players? My guy we all know that bench. rankings <laughs> are deceiving, okay? They are. Amari Cooper finished as like a what like a top ten wide receiver last year, but he yes. only had like six good games because they were all like 30, 40 point games. I mean, the other games he was under ten. I points. didn't have the luxury of playing him last year, so <laughs> and you were I probably happy that you didn't. Yeah, I probably played against him those games. I guarantee you, I probably played against him. Bro, your face right games. now. <laughs> All right, we can argue about Nick Chubb at the Your end of the season. Let's move on to Rex Burkhead. Now. Rex Burkhead blew up with 35 points in week three, but had less than nine points in week one and two. He had less than four no points way. He's in week keep one. Now, once James, Wa- or once, yeah. um, James, James White, White comes back. James White. Yeah. No, there's no way he keeps doing it. It was a one-game thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. If you played him that one game, good for you. Yeah. But there's no shot. Yeah. Doing week one, week one was had zero targets in the passing game and then only has targets since. All those targets he got so. is going to be James White going forward. He yeah. got six. Uh, he got six touches, but he also got like seven catches. That's because well. James yeah. White wasn't playing. Plus, Damian yeah, Harris is still on IR. Saying, so, yeah. when James White comes back, Rex Burkhead will probably be a healthy scratch. So, um, yep. as long as James White is gone, maybe you can flex Rex Burkhead for the passing game. But um, don't expect this going forward. Daryl Henderson. Um, the man went absolutely nuclear this last week. Do you all expect this going forward? Uh, kind of. Uh, I mean, honestly, technically and fantasy-wise, he had a worse week, week three, than he did a week two. So if you're basing it off week three, yes, absolutely. I see it continuing going forward. He's playing out of his mind. Cam Akers isn't in the picture right now. I have him going nuclear. Okay, yeah, so he, I think he's going to be pretty solid. I mean, they're kind of still committee back, but I think he's lead guy right now, and he's performing really well. I think that'll continue. I think he's a pretty solid. I wouldn't say nuclear, but he's really solid. Um, I, I am a little bit worried. I think as long as Cam Akers and, and Malcolm Brown are both hurt, then he is going to be great. But the problem is, is that he's doing all of his work on the ground, and he's had touchdowns in both of the weeks that he's had so many points. He's not really involved in the passing game. And so you're relying on high yardage and touchdown totals for these two 20-point games. So I'm just worried that when you start to split the backfield up again, then uh, maybe uh, he, he's going he's gonna to fall off. So maybe consider trading high while you can. Maybe play him one more week. But after that, I, I, feel, I think I would feel a little uncomfortable. Um, let's talk about Josh Allen, quarterback for the Buffalo oh, Bills. Boy. This Dude. man is an absolute Okay, monster. I want to know one thing about Josh Allen. Who is his – first three opponents 
That's a good question. His first three opponents were the New York Jets. The Rams. Okay, so neither one of them stands out as top-tier defenses. But I do think, obviously, you're going to start Josh Allen, but I don't think he's going to go as nuclear as he has been going in the last three weeks. I do think he's right. going to take a little Well, he bit plays of... the Raiders next, then he plays Tennessee. I mean, I don't know. And they're going to have to – I mean, he's going to play I the don't Jets see again. this going forward. I, one thing I will say right is I totally agree with you, but they, the Ram, they were up against the Rams, but when push came to shove, Josh Allen went beast mode and became clutch and won the Rams – or and won the the Bills that game. Now, granted, it was on a probably kind of a bad uh, call to bail them out um, in the last few minutes, but nonetheless, uh, he got the job done. So that's encouraging. But I'm with you, Charlie. I don't. I don't think. I think that he's going to regress a little bit. But I still think that. I mean, I mean, you can still expect very good things. Point, I'm not seeing 34 point weeks out of continuing after this. Don't think no. he's going to be putting up the num. I think he's going to do it other ways. I don't think he's going to be putting up the numbers. No. I think their yeah. defense will come through a little bit more. And then they're just probably going to run out the clock. They're going to be I, up 24. But for the time being, he is a weekly start. I mean, you start yeah, him out. Oh, absolutely. You're start him I'm every starting game. him every yes. week. I just don't see 34-point weeks continuing on. Yes. Who's got a better arm, him or Lamar? Josh Allen. Right now, it's Josh Allen. Right now, it's Josh Allen. Uh, okay, let's talk, let's, let's talk pretty briefly about these last two guys. Tyler Boyd, what do y'all think? He's been balling out right now with Joe Burrow. Any thoughts? I see. I, mean, I think it's going to continue because yeah. Joe Burrow, I mean, if they have the connection. Yeah, they have the connection. He doesn't really have it with AJ Green yet, so he's not like AJ Green's going to start taking mm-hmm. away his targets or anything. Yeah, um, Joe he's Burrow more time to develop. That. Still getting his targets, and Tyler Boyd is still doing these numbers. So, Ju- yeah. so Justin Jefferson was Joe Burrow's target at LSU, and Justin Jefferson was the slot receiver. That's the position Tyler Boyd plays. It's yep. close. It's close. It's usually going to be closest to the quarterback, the slot receiver, and Joe Burrow doesn't have a lot of time to throw the ball because the offensive line is really bad. So as of right now, Tyler Boyd is going to be targeted a lot because Joe Mm -hmm. Burrow has to be a lot quick. All right, Justin Jefferson. This man absolutely dominated. Charlie, what do you think? I mean, I don't think he's going to do what he did last week every week, but that is encouraging. They didn't use him. I think he had like six targets combined to the first two games. Correct. And then finally – Nine the targets. coach is like, hey, Kirk, uh, let's use our number one draft pick. Let's start targeting him more than three times a game. And so they started doing it, and he showed up. He showed you what you do, what he can do when you target him. I mean, he turned in that, that 71-yard touchdown. Like, they had two guys filthy, angling dude. him out of bounds, and he just split them and started dancing at the 15-yard line all the way into the end zone. That was, that was really yeah, cool. I, I thought we were going to win that game right there. And then uh, – Yeah. Um, I'm yeah, I think they finally – playing defense. Yeah, I think they're probably. I think out. I think he's going to get more targets. I he uh, for fantasy sake, yards. I really hope he does. <laughs> Here's the thing: if John continues to put him on his bench, he's going to have an incredible year this year. Yeah, <laughs> John starts him. Vikings may win out if I leave him on my bench. <laughs> no, but I think, I think on the back of Justin. He James. is a rookie, and so I do think you're going to you'll start. You, you can't rely on him quite yet. This is just one of the three one out of the three games so far. But yeah, you know, it is an encouraging sign for sure. At the very least, he is giving them a good sign of encouragement to say, give me more opportunities in the mm-hmm. offense. Give me more Definitely. than three targets. So that's very encouraging. I think you can expect an uptick and in I, targets. I think we they don't only line. have to use Dalvin Cook. I do operate as a receiver. You can <laughs> I was drafted in the first round. <laughs> Kirk, I am on your team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's move on. That's, that's, that's going to be it for uh, going nuclear. So let's talk starts and sits. John, you're up first. Who's your starter for the week? Um, 
I kind of want to take just a pass after my last couple showings, but my start is David Johnson. Um, I think he's shown up very, very well for fantasy. Um, as far as especially the matchups he's had, he dropped a penny, a 20 piece on the chiefs, Baltimore. He put up a seven, which everyone kind of expected. Baltimore's got a good run defense, but then against Pittsburgh, he put up a 12. So I think, especially with Minneapolis, Minnesota, they're putting up horrible defensive numbers. He's going to show up really big. He's projected 16. I think he hits that and some. He's playing really well. Tyler, JT, and Henry both each rushed for over 100 in the past two weeks against Minnesota. I think running game's huge. It's wide open for them. Um, I think he does very, very well. Yep, great matchup. Uh, I love this pick. I, I mean, I think that David Johnson is pretty board. much – I think he's guaranteed for double-digit points. I'm, Daniel, yeah. you might want to bench him because I picked him as my start. But <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'm, I'm starting him in, in my leagues. So. I'm so sorry. But... Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. All right, Thatcher, um, who's your start this week? Is your start even actually playing in the game? James White? Well, he said he was practicing, so that's what I was looking at too. Um, I was, okay, I was just, he's just practicing. Say... He's probably playing. Yeah. yeah, if he does, I mean, you you might want to, like, make sure he's playing. You might want to check. More. Charlie. <laughs> but, I should oh, double-check that. I couldn't control yeah. that. But if he does Leave play, I mean, I'll, I would – I love to hear, like, a good, like, comeback story. I mean, it's it's tragic what happened to his dad, but um, it could be, like, the Brett Favre, Brett Favre effects. Excuse me. Like, uh, Brett Favre had, like, one of his best games in 2003, like, the day – I think it was, like, after his dad died. So, like, I don't know. I mean – I see, you see what Rex Burkhead did last week. And, I mean, a Patriots running back, they, I mean, they can set him up for success. So, I just want to see. I mean, I'm rooting for this guy. So Who are they playing? For a good comeback story. So Playing the Chiefs. Yeah, they're playing oh, my Chiefs. goodness. Yeah, they're playing I, the love Chiefs. This. I love this pick because, um, I, you know, I definitely expect the Chiefs to win this game and probably score a lot of points. So, the Patriots and Kim Newton are going to have to keep up. And, you know, you saw what they did with Rex Burkhead the last two weeks. Uh, I don't see any reason why James White won't be involved uh, in the passing yeah. game. So, I like the pick. All righty. Chuck, who you got for us? I got Wolf Fuller against the Vikings. Is this um, a tilt pick? Do you just hate your team? No, because this is why I'm picking Wolf Fuller. So, last week, do you know who Caleb Raymond is? No idea. So, he's a wide receiver for the Titans. Oh, he's a rookie. No, nope. sure he made he, that name up. He is not a rookie. Oh no, made up. Um, in his career, or no, he is a rookie. But in his career, he has before this game he had a hundred and eighty-two receiving yards. After the game, he had three hundred. Mm. He went off against the Vikings for three catches for one hundred and eighteen yards. Oh gosh. <laughs> Yes, and so any wide receiver against the – I don't even know who we're throwing in that cornerback right now. Um, the two uh, – Mike Hughes is out with a neck injury, and our rookie Cam Dantzler is also out. And Holton Hill is always high. He literally got suspended the first two years because he can't stop smoking weed. Now he can play because of the new CBA, but I'm pretty sure he shows up to every game high because he's like – 15 feet away from any receiver he ever caught. He's social distancing. Social distancing dude. Yeah, that was Randy Moss. In the game. Randy Moss. Um, and so, Fuller is a lot better than this Caleb Raymond guy. So, I'm I'm anticipating like 15 catches, 325 yards, and six touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. In the first half. 
if Will Fuller can stay healthy, I love the pick. Um, he automatically slots in as the best receiver on the team uh, and the number one target, as we saw in week one. So uh, if he stays healthy, yeah. I love the pick. Uh, Even if he's hurt and only has one leg, he still will go off. I'll <laughs> <laughs> make a catch with that one leg. Uh-huh. My goodness, he can Daniel. literally ha- tear his ACL and then just put him up there on crutches and he'll still get receptions. You really – oh, man. No, no faith, faith whatsoever. Yeah. All right, Daniel, tell us about your start of the week. Yeah, I mean, I think Devontae Adams is still kind of a question mark. I think they actually thought he might even play last week, and they just decided it would be better to sit him out. And honestly, they kind of got a good showing anyway with their wide receivers. I think Alan Lazard is really going to show up as an option for them. This week, too, he's facing a Falcons defense, and they can literally not stop anybody. So I think you can really count on Alan Lazard at least getting you a solid 12 points this week in a PPR league. Um, I don't I don't see any reason why he would get anywhere below those numbers. I think he's a great play. He's got a great build to him. He's had two really efficient weeks um, out of the three that he's played so far. I think especially if Devontae Adams doesn't play, he's a great play coming into this matchup. Yeah, I love it. Atlanta uh, scores a lot of points, and so any team that plays them and eventually beats them has to be able to keep up with them in the air, and it can't just be Devontae yep. Adams. So like the pick. Alrighty, um, I am going to go with uh, something a little out of the ordinary, and I am going to yeah. take um, the Miami Dolphins as my start of the week. So I am starting, uh, I would have no fear of starting Ryan Fitzpatrick, Mike Gesicki, and Devontae Parker against Seattle. Seattle is allowing the Chiefs offense. Get, no, <laughs> no, because you're starting the Chiefs offense anyway. You drafted the Chiefs <laughs> offense in the first three rounds of your draft. Miami came very late if you even drafted them at all. And, and here's the thing. Seattle is allowing like 450 yards a game through the air, some, like pretty close to that, over 400 yards. And that has to go to somebody. Ryan Fitzpatrick has shown us before that he can throw these massive games of 400-plus yards and six touchdowns. So do I expect that kind of game from him against Seattle? No, yes. but it's probably going to be pretty close because <laughs> they're going to have to keep up with Russell Wilson, who is just cooking away in his kitchen. Ooh. Uh, absolutely dominating and with 14 passing touchdowns. I think the next closest person is like 10 or 11 passing touchdowns on the year. So um, I can, he has to pass the ball around. Mike Gesicki uh, proved that he can do it um, if you feed him. And Devonta Parker has been uh, really good with a lot of targets. So um, I think that you can expect to start all of them. And then a little honorable mention I threw out there. If you don't know the name Jeff Wilson running back for the San Francisco 49ers, um, he is their starter right now because Jarek McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, and Raheem Mostert are all injured, probably not playing in this game. And so Jeff Wilson in this most recent game had 21.9 points against the New York Giants. Um, now he did have 12 carries. He only had 15 rushing okay. yards, but he was involved in the passing game and had a rushing touchdown. Last year he had two different mm-hmm. games with two rushing touchdowns. They're not afraid to use him on the goal line. And San Francisco is going to be up early. I don't care who the quarterback is. So nonetheless, um, they're going to be running the clock out. And I think Jeff Wilson could be a pretty decent start. So let's get into our sits. John, who you got? Oh, so expect a big game from Jimmy Graham this week. Um, <laughs> because he's, he's your my sit. sit. <laughs> um, I, I mean, so you're playing against the Colts. And this year they're averaging two catches for 32 yards and a th- 3.1 fantasy points per game to tight ends. So for some reason, they're locking down tight ends. Tight ends aren't playing well. Um, Jimmy Graham, he, he's had an 11, he's had a 2, and he's had a 24. 
Um, they just switched out their quarterback, who looked really good with them last week. But honestly, especially if they're changing out their, their quarterback, I want to see it more weeks before I start playing him. I'm sitting him. Um, even though he dropped a big game, I'm sitting him another week before before I'm actually playing him. I want to see if it's something that's sustainable or if it's a one-time thing. Yeah, yeah, cool. I like that pick. Um, he is a touchdown dependent, so, um, you know, he's probably not going to have a touchdown every single week. And Nick Bowles is not Mitch Trubisky, so. Um, Dude, it's hard to watch him move, though. He's kind of, You can tell he's really old. I don't know. Yeah. Like, he's not who he used to be, definitely, for sure. But All right, well, Thatch um, – I am very interested to hear about your sit. Let's let's hear what you got to say. All right. So you're going to want to sit Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Mm. Whoa. Against the Pats. Okay. This you know is a guy why? you probably drafted in the first round. You, why are you we know sitting why? Why are we sitting Because he's on Carson's team, on his fantasy team. Everybody <laughs> on Carson's <laughs> fantasy team. He's bound to get hurt eventually. That's so true. Why not oh, goodness. Week? My gut tells me this week. So I'm sorry, uh, but you heard it here first <laughs> that Clyde is going down. Clyde's turning ACL this hard. week. All right, let me tell PCL, you why. PCL, PCL, all the CLs, gone. <laughs> it's just going to lose them. <laughs> vanish from his legs. Okay, Go so on. let me tell you why I think I disagree with this. Because um, he's on your fantasy team. No, <laughs> and it's because this. Bill Belichick <laughs> tends to take away um, your best chance at winning. So basically what that means is he's going to take away um, Patrick Mahomes for for Patrick Mahomes he's going to do he's going to do his best to make sure that Patrick Mahomes cannot throw it to Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill so he's going to have to beat you through the air to Demarcus Robinson and Michael Hardman which Patrick Mahomes can do but I think that this also means that Clyde I, I don't know if they're going to be able to focus on Clyde because they're going to be focused on shutting down Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill Bill Belichick does a very very good job of scheming out your top options and I don't think that Clyde is the number one or two option. I think that honor goes to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So even if Clyde doesn't have 100 yards rushing, I think that there's a chance that he could have a pretty decent game uh, receiving. So um, we'll see if Bill Belichick thinks that Clyde is a huge threat. If he does, then I think you're right, Thatch. I think Clyde will be a, a good sit uh, because Bill Belichick is very good at scheming away your number one option. Ever underestimate old Billy. <sighs> Best coach of all time. All right, Charlie, who's your sit? My sit is A.J. Brown. He's coming off of an injury, hasn't played the last two weeks, and he gets to play the Steelers. Is he um, actually active? Do we know for sure? Um, I'm pretty sure. Well, it's an easy sit if he's not active. So That is correct. <laughs> yeah, that's cheating. Um, but nonetheless, I, even if he is playing, I love this. I, I don't like playing guys on their first game back from being injured, uh, not to mention against, in my opinion, the best defense in the NFL. So shout out to John and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But regardless of if he's playing, um, I wouldn't start him. And especially if he's not playing, I wouldn't start him. He's questionable to play. Yeah, everything I'm saying is just questionable. So strong maybe he may be playing. Yeah, questionable, yeah. Nonetheless, I love the pick. Daniel, uh, tell us about your pick. Oh, goodness. For picks. I hate to say it. But any Lions RBs for this upcoming week, mm, sit, sit them. them all. It is painful to watch this team right now. Like, even just, like, in the game, it's miserable. And from a fantasy perspective, you're going to be in pain if you play one of them. Like, you're not going to really know who's going to get the touches that's going to even produce any kind of points. Like, some weeks it's going to be Swift, and he's gotten decent passing looks. 
Adrian Peterson has honestly gotten a lot of the carries, but I mean, it's getting carries yards. Last week. Yeah, lots of carries, right? 22 carries. Well, what did that lead to? 75 yards. Mm-hmm. And that was it, right? No touchdowns. So you're not getting any kind of touchdown play. There's not a whole lot of red zone looks to begin with. And then on Johnson has not been a great option at all, but he just seems to kind of pull carries and touches away from these other two. And so it's like from a fantasy perspective, none of them are playable. Just stay away. This is a backfield to monitor, and it's probably not going to be likely to have to play much this season. There's just not a great like option that's standing out at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's sad to see for my Lions team, but it's true. Yeah, I think that is a, a great pick. Um, it rivals my picking the entire Miami offense. So mm-hmm. well done. Um, the final set of the week is going to be uh, – I'm going to sit Ryan Tannehill against the Steelers. Um, you? Now, you were probably going to be – sitting him anyway because he's probably a streamer but I just wanted to emphasize that uh, the Steelers like I just said are the best defense in the NFL in my opinion and it just seems that Ryan Tannehill last year did very very well but whenever he played the Chiefs and the and the Colts who were probably the two best defenses he played last year were also his two worst games uh, finishing with 17 or less points in both of those appearances which are you know 17 is not that bad but um you know, the Steelers are just very good. They're very efficient and, and blitzing, and they blitz a lot. So they're coming after the quarterback. Um, Brian Tannehill is not Deshaun Watson, and <laughs> Deshaun Watson was only able to manage 18 points. So I can only imagine what Ryan Tannehill will have. Um, so nonetheless, I think he's had a pretty good year so far. Ryan he's been fairly efficient. Yeah, I mean, he's been efficient, but he also hasn't played any spectacular defenses yet. So, um, we will see what happens. Plus, I mean, this it's very easy for this to become a Derrick Henry game. I mean, last last week, mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill had, Tannehill had over 320 passing yards, but he still only finished with about 11 points because they didn't have any passing touchdowns because of the beast that we know as Derrick Henry. So, all right, let's get into our weekly pick, and we're going to talk about our highlighted matchups pretty briefly before we get to talking about upsets and then closing us out. So, Charlie, you have the first matchup. Tell us about your matchup and what you expect. I think this matchup will kind of go underneath the radar for most people, but I'm excited to watch the Bills versus the Raiders. The Bills are 3-0. and um, They're a fun team to watch. Um, yeah, they, do, they And are. the Raiders are also I, – I really like the Raiders. And John Gruden and his – is this his second full year now? Uh, second or third. Third, yeah. And I, I, I'm excited just to see this matchup, um, mainly because I'm really excited to see if the Bills can continue their – or mainly Josh Allen, his dominance – um, but I honestly, I have the Raiders winning this game. It's just it's a crazy. gut feeling. It's blasphemy. Um, but I'll probably be right. Bold. No, no. Not if I pick the Raiders. Bold. But yeah, that's my that's my matchup. I'm excited to see Josh Allen versus this Raiders defense, and then see Derek Carr. Yeah. Um, try to keep up with him. I'll be Derek interested Carr to see if if Gruden can get Josh Jacobs back involved, especially against this very good defense. So we'll see how Josh Jacobs does. Uh, Thatch, tell us about your matchup. All right, I'm sorry, I got to be biased again. Last week, I'm gonna be biased. <laughs> Free, but dude, like the switching quarterbacks, I'm not gonna say I'm hyped because every time a Bear, Bears fan is hyped about a quarterback, they just go down the pooper. But anyway, like I'm just interested to see what Nick Foles does, how how the offense changes, and I mean, Bears still have to be a winning team, but. Um, I know, and I'm also excited to see the Colts. I mean, I know they had they got beat by the Jags by like one touchdown, but I, I believe they're a good team. I think it will be a pretty close game. I think the Bears are going to take it for the win, though. So, not trying to be biased. But. Yeah, I honestly yeah. love that pick. The Bears are right now um, 
the their underdogs. Uh, the Colts are actually favored to win this game. The spread is two and a half. But I actually have the Bears winning this game. I love this matchup. So, um, yeah, the, the Colts are just hurt on offense. So, we'll see what happens. But I've got the Bears winning. Daniel, tell us about your matchup. I love it. This is kind of an interesting pick. I, I'm putting the Saints at Detroit. And I, I think that Detroit could potentially be a sneaky upset here. They came away with a win last week against the Cardinals, which should not have happened. And I don't really know how they managed to put that game together. Kyler Murray um, gift wrapped Kyler it. Murray did throw a couple of interceptions, which is probably a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that I think the Saints have been underwhelming to start. They are one and two. Um, and I think Detroit is kind of hungry to get another win after that sneaky win against Arizona. They could potentially ruin the Saints' day. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it's a game to monitor. If their offense steps up, their defense is going to be abysmal. That's a guarantee. But if their offense steps up and they're able to keep it a high-scoring game and compete there with the Saints, maybe they'll sneak out a win. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't agree more, dude. I mean, it's pretty interesting. Like, the Saints are a little – like you said, they're they're not the Saints like they were last year. So, um, I mean, they got beat by the – by the – they get beat by? The Raiders. They got beat by the Raiders, dude. So, that'll be – I don't know. I think the Lions have a chance. So we'll see. Yeah, I actually think this is funny because the Bears in, in Detroit are the only two teams that I picked for an upset this week. I think everybody else that's favored is probably going to win, but I actually think that the Lions might win this game. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I really like that that call, Daniel. All right, my matchup is going to be Cleveland at Dallas, and I wanted to talk about this game because of what the transformation of Cleveland has looked like. Um, Dallas has kind of been the same. They kind of remind me of uh, Atlanta in the sense of they have a very high-powered offense with not the best defense. And so I think, honestly, this is a matter of can Dallas get up early? So if Dallas gets up early, then I think that they win this game. But if they stay neck and neck with the Browns, then the Browns will have a chance because that means that the Browns will be successful at running the football. If the Browns can keep Nick Chubb on the field and they can run the ball successfully and they can get Kareem Hunt involved as well, and they don't force Baker to throw the ball 30-plus times, then the Browns have a chance. But I do believe that Kellen Moore is a very, very good offensive coordinator, so I think that Dak Prescott is going to do a good job of getting people involved, and I think that Dallas will unfortunately win this game as much as I dislike the Dallas uh, Cowgirls. Uh, I think that they'll pull this out. Um, But I think that Cleveland has a shot if they can keep this game close. So you're saying there's a chance. Saying there's a chance. All right, John, close us out. I have Falcons Packers. Um, I'm actually really excited about this one. I think I'm predicting a really high scoring game. I'm seeing something kind of similar to the Cowboys game that they had. I don't see the Falcons winning this game. I picked them as an upset, but I'm kind of on the edge. I don't think they can drop another game. And I think that they can kind of outshoot them. Um, I think Falcons have the weapons and if it's going to go to a shootout, I I don't think they can drop another game or Quinn's out, <laughs> but um, I just see him. I see him out shooting the Packers, and then Devonte Adams isn't there. So the is Devonte Adams officially sitting? I haven't seen any news on that. I haven't seen it officially, but I mean, I I haven't seen anything saying he's going to be there. So if Devonte Adams is out, I would I would be with you and take. I'm assuming Dolphins. he's sitting. I'm going into this saying he's sitting because I haven't seen anything. It is now Wednesday and mm-hmm. he hasn't been in the game. They haven't said okay. he's going to be ruled in. So I, I mean, they I still practice. So I have Falcons yeah. winning it um, as a high scoring game. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a fun game to watch. 
if they don't give up. All right. Well, that closes out um, our pick them. Does anybody have any upsets that they think could potentially happen that we haven't already mentioned? Raiders. Okay, yeah. You think the Raiders could potentially pull it off? I have Pats over the Chiefs. Wow. Okay, how do you think that's going to happen? Because the Pats took Seattle to the last play of the game. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, it was, I would, wouldn't have called a play call any differently. Um, but because they took Seattle to the last play of the game, I could see them taking Chiefs to something similar. So I think it'll go to the, to the end. Okay. So I, I have the Pats pulling one out. Okay. I like that. I like that. Alrighty. Well, uh, I think that's, I think that's what we got for upsets. I, I mentioned that I liked the bears and that I liked the lions this week. And I think that if Devontae Adams does not play, then I think I like the Falcons too. So um, that's going to be it for the second episode of the week. So um, thank you for joining us this week on the Benchwarmers and Waterboys podcast. Make sure to check out our social media app, Waterboys, where you can stay up to date, never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Maybe tell a friend, get involved with us on Twitter, vote on our polls. Um, we'd love to have you involved. So thank you. From all of us on the Benchwarmers and Waterboys podcast for joining us uh, this week on the show. We're out of here. We'll see you all next time. See you. Bye. Bye.